Welcome to YourLifeRocks.com podcast, where you can build a life of balance, purpose, and success. My name is Jenny Stemmerman, working Christian mom, speaker, and coach. Each week, you will find tips and inspiration to grow personally, in your career, and in your faith, and balance it all in your crazy, busy, beautiful life. If you want to cut the overwhelm and take control over your life, visit YourLifeRocks.com. How are you? I'm so glad that you're here to hang out with us today. This is episode 64 of the Your Life Rocks podcast. My name is Jenny Stemmerman and I am your host for this podcast and I'm so excited for today's conversation. Today we are talking to our lifestyle expert, Kimberly Walton. Now, if you are listening for the very first time, you might be wondering what a lifestyle expert is. Here at Your Life Rocks, we believe in helping working Christian moms create balance in their lives, remove the chaos and truly move closer to your goals in all eight areas of life. That's how we define life balance here, is both setting goals and working towards those goals in eight areas of life. Those areas are faith, marriage, parenting, career, health, your finances, your home, and lastly, friendship, and of course, some fun along the way. Our lifestyle experts are experts in all of these different areas that are exclusive to your life rocks. Now, they're always sharing their wisdom here on this podcast, in our Facebook community, but where their extra special talents shine the most is within our membership, really helping all of our Life Balance members move closer to their goals in all of those areas of life, providing them resources to do so. Now, if this is your first time meeting Kimberly, she's a marriage mentor, a blogger, and a speaker who helps Christian women create wildly successful marriages through retreats, workshops, and one-on-one sessions. Kimberly is also the founder of Cherish Woman International, and Kimberly teaches women to strengthen their marriage through what she calls the in love approach, which stands for invest, nurture, learn, offer value, and embrace. She believes that marital success comes from creating an environment where couples can be emotionally vulnerable and honest, while also being mindful of self-care and the uniqueness that each brings to the relationship. Her approach is solution-focused and embraces humor, tenderness, transparency, and Christian values. Now, one of the things I really love about all of our lifestyle experts is they are all exactly that. They all have that approach that is very solution-focused. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, know that these podcasts are meant to be very action-oriented, to really equip you that you can take the things that we're talking about, the things that you're learning about, and apply them right to your life so you can really get some great benefits just from listening to this podcast. Now, if you've been listening for a while and you're ready to go a little bit deeper, then I wanna invite you to our free Facebook community. That's where we really lift each other up and we encourage each other and we're growing all of the time. I would also encourage you Now, if you're looking for more balance in your life, whether you've been listening for a while or this is your first time, I highly encourage you to get our Sunday prep planning sheets and instructional guide. Now, this is a completely free mini course that we offer, and it's really all about helping you create that balance in little baby steps on a Sunday to set you up for success. In fact, the course is called Weekly Success Planning. It's really the best way of taking your Sunday prep day and making it really the most effective, efficient part of your week. 
And you can find information about that both in the Facebook group or just go to yourliferocks.com and all of the information is there for you. Now this podcast goes live the week of Valentine's Day, so it's a perfect time for us to be talking about marriage. So without further ado, let's get into the interview with Kimberly. Okay, so I have a little confession to make, Kimberly, mm-hmm. being our marriage expert. I really dislike Valentine's Day. And I know this podcast episode is going live the week of Valentine's Day, but I just really do not like Valentine's Day. So I'm glad that we're talking about what we're going to be talking about because I think it's something that can really apply to any time of the year with our marriage. So why don't you like Valentine's Day? (laughs) You know what? I just, there's so much expectation. And for me, expectation equals stress all the time. So I just, I don't know. Like, it's interesting. My son, my older son, he's 11 and he has his first crush. So I'm excited for Valentine's Day for him because it's kind of a special opportunity for him to be able to kind of express some of his feelings. And, but for like me and my husband, I don't know. I feel like every day should be Valentine's Day in a way. I don't know. Maybe it's just, I'm too simple about it. Maybe. But you know, it's, it's really up to you guys and what you do. And, and I'm not trying to give you counsel or anything, but I appreciate your, um, your honesty and upfront. My husband and I aren't celebrating this year. We're celebrating a week late because he's got this big exam he's taking. And I just said, you know what? And it's the day after Valentine's Day. And I said, no, we're moving Valentine's Day a week. And I said, you can buy leftover candy. Hey, there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, and we've just decided we're going to move it because it's a day that we choose to make what we want out of it. So um, but, you know, and I'm glad too, that the topic isn't like, Oh, how to show romance to your mate and stuff like that. I wasn't sure when I picked this topic, if it was going to be next week's topic or not. So I didn't, I purposely picked something that was going to be whenever you decided to run it. Yeah. And I, for me running this episode and just, we're going to be talking about five assumptions that couples should be making related to marital problems. I I think this is, again, one of those topics that just kind of hits any week of the year, but especially because whenever Valentine's week comes around, as much as I don't like it, it still makes me focus and think about my marriage and my relationship and how much I love my husband and how I can show him that love. Um, But again, I feel like that should be like every week of the year, but I do appreciate the, (laughs) I appreciate all of the balloons and cards in the grocery store to remind me of that. Mm -hmm. But I love that we're going to be talking about this particular topic. So if you're listening to this and you're kind of like me and you just don't get Valentine's Day, or maybe you're listening and you're like Kimberly and you love Valentine's Day. Well, I shouldn't say that. Do you love Valentine's Day, Kimberly? Um, I don't feel that I love it. I love, uh, I don't hate it. But you celebrate it. I absolutely do celebrate it. But I also celebrate the anniversary of the day that my husband and I got engaged. We celebrate the anniversary of our, you know, anniversary of the date of our first date. We love rituals and celebration of important traditions and dates and things like that. So, yeah, and I do too. Like we always celebrate, we got married in November, but we started dating in June, different years, but, Mm -hmm. um, but we celebrate in June because honestly, like we got married Thanksgiving weekend. And so there's always so much going on family wise to celebrate that anniversary, but we always celebrate our dating anniversary from so many years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, those are nice touch tones, maybe more so than Valentine's day. Maybe those dates should really be like our customized Valentine's day. 
I like that. That will be my customized Valentine's Day going forward in June, where I don't feel the pressure. And maybe that's why I don't like Valentine's Days, because there's like a pressure of needing it to be a certain way. Yeah, but it's, and it may also not even need the pressure. It may be that there's all of this fakeness around it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, okay, you know. And I think that sometimes is part of it. It just seems like it's all gilded at times. Yeah. I, I think that that was the nail on the head. It just feels very fake and forced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like things to be real. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's a real, real conversation <laughs> about marriage and marital problems, because this is one of those things where I feel like sometimes, especially as we're talking about um, cutting the overwhelm and having a balanced life, sometimes we can think about that as being like, you know, deers dancing through the meadow and rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. And really like, there's still problems. And in marriages, even great marriages, there's still, you know, not always rainbows and butterflies. And there's still some issues that come up. Absolutely. So I'm so glad that we're having this discussion today to kind of shine some light, bring some things out of the darkness so that we can really examine them. And I know you have some really great stuff for our listeners to apply to their lives as well, which is one thing I love about you is you're always so helpful. Oh, thanks. I try. (laughs) You do a great job with it. All right. So share with us some of your wisdom today. What exactly are we going to be talking about? Okay. So we're going to talk about the five assumptions that couples should be making related to marital problems. And um, basically what we have is uh, one of the reoccurring themes or topics that I come up with my clients is that they a lot of times they think that if they have some sort of disagreement or an argument with their mate, that somehow that says that they don't have a strong relationship or marriage. And that is just so not true. It's not true at all. It's an assumption that people are making, but you know, we hear that we're not supposed to make assumptions. I understand that, but I actually want to share five assumptions that I want you to be making or my clients to be making that are good assumptions about marital problems. Mm, I love that. And I love the way that you're using the word assume because you're right. Like we're so like brought in this culture, like we assuming is bad, Mm -hmm. but it isn't always. So um, we're going to talk about five assumptions that I really, really want to encourage people to make. Perfect. That that repeatedly people who are having healthy, strong, good communicated relationships, they make, these are just assumptions that that they have. Oh, I'm so excited to learn from you because that you just spoke my, my marriage love language right there when you said <laughs> strong, healthy marriage. So teach me your ways. My, uh, my, what would you be? My marriage, my marriage mentor. mentor. <laughs> I don't mind being an example. I, I've learned a lot of things the hard way. So if I can save somebody else from reinventing the wheel, I'm so happy to do that. I love it. All right. So hit me with number one. What's the okay. number one assumption I should be making for my marriage? Okay, so number one, I want you to assume that all couples have problems. And seriously, even those that seem perfect from the outside have problems. And sometimes they even have more problems than you do. And Mm. people don't realize it. So I want people to assume that all couples are going to have a problem, including you. And that means all couples have disagreements. And no marriage is going to escape problems. That's just the reality. Um, embracing the mindset and understanding basically it's not if you're going to have problems, but when you have problems, because we're all human and we're going to disagree. I love that so much for so many different reasons, but one, it kind of 
almost like takes your guard down on having like comparison or jealousy around well, other people that you think have a perfect marriage. Yeah. And it's, it's perfect that you said that because, um, the, the comparison, because what I tell people when it comes to this, assuming that all couples have problems, I, I want people to focus on three things. One, know that everybody's going to have disagreements. It's normal. You're totally normal. Two, be really quick to forgive. And the third, do not compare your relationship to others that seem better or more perfect. And I have a really good example for that where I recently had uh, one of my private coaching clients was struggling in her marriage. And I was speaking to her about seeking to find a Titus II woman in her life that was a good role model for um, self-managing and her marriage. And it was interesting because the person that she picked from her church was also a client of mine. And I knew that the woman that she looked up to was actually having more struggles in her marriage. And they were arguing about like things constantly and even like the littlest of things they would argue over. So she was comparing her marriage to somebody's marriage that I knew behind the scenes was not successful at all at that time. Mm, just shows you, you never know. You never, you never know. know. That's good. All right. So number one, assume all couples have problems, all of them. <laughs> what all would be number two? So number two would assume that problem solving fast uh, may not equal the best resolution. Okay. So problem solving fast. Yeah. People often feel like an urgency if there's any sort of issue going on that they want to resolve it really fast. But sometimes the fast resolution is just not the best resolution. I myself, I, I need time to think about things and review things if my husband and I are having some sort of conflict. Um, I look at things from all sides. I consider things like, wow, am I overreacting? Did I jump to some sort of conclusion? What was the need that I had that didn't get met? You know, those kind of things. And then for me, I, will, I like to personally then clarify it and come into the situation with suggestions or at least honesty and vulnerability saying, wow, I got my feelings hurt because of this, or I didn't understand this, or I didn't see your point of view, rather than just assuming it is some sort of a um, personal attack. When, you know, the other thing is when we rush to resolve, that's what I call it, when we rush to resolve, um, what sometimes happens is one or both parties will sweep things under the carpet because they want things to be better. And then those things that have been swept under the carpet, they don't go away. They fester and they come back later. And when they come back later, they often come back with a vengeance in, in unexpected little ways. Like it'll come up and you're like, wow, I didn't even know it was an issue. And all of a sudden it's this huge thing. Wow. So don't this, rush to resolve. This is a huge point. And I just love the way you unpack that because it is so absolutely true. I mean, my husband is kind of like that quintessential man where it's like any problem and he's like very quick to solve it. Mm -hmm. And I am very much a non-conflict person. So when he wants to solve things, I'll let him solve them and I will sweep things under the rug. But you're right. Like if I don't take the time to really flash out my feelings and really get to the root of it and solve the problems. And sometimes it can take a while for me to go through that whole process. But if I don't do that and we just go quick to it, I, I can think of so many times in the past where I have erupted 
because you're right, like it's just been under the rug, but it's still there and it's festering and growing in a very unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when people have a habit of this, and I'm not saying you have a habit of it, but some of my clients do, what I do is I say, I want you to set aside a specific time to talk about it. And don't be afraid to revisit the topic. If you're not making any headway, then say, you know what, in 48 hours, let's talk about this again. Let's both think about it and imagine, I'll even say, imagine switching places with your partner and be able to speak to their side of it. And then keep talking about it until you both feel like there's a resolution. And honestly, it usually takes multiple passes. You typically don't get it all fixed in one time because there's like a super superficial part that you might, okay, yeah, fine. But then there's usually more to it or um, we don't understand how to unpack it. So absolutely setting aside a time that's dedicated where you don't maybe have interruptions from whatever your interruptions might be is really important. And then allowing yourself multiple shots at it. And that's okay. It's not wrong. It's really, the focus needs to be on getting the resolution, but not getting it so that it's just fast. You want the resolution that's going to be for both parties to feel like I'm good with this. Mm, that is so brilliant. You are so, so, so brilliant. I just love everything about that. I love taking the other person's perspective and kind of putting yourself in, you know, looking out for their best interest in that way. And from their point of view, I think that that is brilliant and, you know, really kind of ties into partnership, which I know has to do with your next tip for us on assumptions. Mm-hmm. So tip number three, assume that taking a partnership or joint approach to solving the problem is better than a solo approach. Now you hinted just a minute ago at like your husband coming in and, you know, being Superman and the superhero and men do that. And I love that they do that because it's, it's important to say, Hey, I can fix this and all that. But sometimes when we take the superwoman or the superman syndrome and kind of let it kick in, what happens is it's, it gets solved in a situation where maybe um, one person isn't happy with the resolution. I mean, it's admirable for the superwoman or superman syndrome to kick in. I totally get it. Uh, we put our capes on and, you know, we, we have our arms out and we're ready to go. And you say, I will solve this problem. But what I tell people is, hold on. Doing this actually robs you of the opportunity to grow and to bond. This is an opportunity to learn to solve problems together. And it's an opportunity to learn to really get to know your mate. So having one of you just solve the problems is really a loss for the relationship. I could totally see how that'd be a loss for a relationship, but then also a loss for the richness of the relationship. Mm-hmm. One of um, my mentors that I have had for a few years now, and one of the things that she has always said to me is, in your marriage, you guys are either growing together or you're growing apart. And of course, she was referring to personal development when one person is growing themselves and the other one isn't. And I can totally see this, whereas if one person is always solving and then they're kind of growing. So we always grow when we solve problems. And if the mm-hmm. other one doesn't have that opportunity, you can really almost be growing apart in that way. Yeah. I do think there's a, there's a, a small caveat with this though, that if you have one person in the marriage that is like a specialist in something, say for example, that um, somebody's mate is an accountant 
And then they're making suggestions about finances or investing or paying off the house early. Then sometimes we, we might want to acquiesce to them because they've got some special superpowers knowledge on that. Um, it's their job then to explain to you why that choice is best or why, um, you know, just let me take charge of this. But usually that shouldn't be the norm for the relationship. Right. Just for those kind of special circumstances that come up. If there's someone has like a kind of a specialty, special yeah, talent skills. They're going to be one-off things related to people's talent or skills. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So this next one has to do with challenges and planning ahead, which I love planning ahead. So hit me with this one. Yeah. You and I both are, we like to head things off the path. <laughs> so <laughs> number four, um, assume that there will be differences, but plan ahead for the differences and challenges. Um, so basically, again, I am a huge fan of, of heading trouble off at the pass uh, because the best time really to solve problems is before they ever even start or get a chance to take hold. Yes. So, right? So two things that typically very successful couples commonly do related to this is one, they agree to have set times to discuss things, especially if either of them sees that there is a potential for a problem coming up in the future. The second thing is they get to know and understand that your, your mate has quirks and a communication style and they, they play with those rather than basically taking those and making those um, some sort of a, um, a personality problem or that they take it personally. And that's one of the challenges people have in these areas. Don't take anything quirky about your mate as a personal affront. So Kimberly, I love that you mentioned the quirks because when we had you on for our last episode, episode 60, so if you hadn't listened to that episode, I invite you to go back and listen. She talked all about understanding our mate, understanding your husband. And the tips that you gave in that episode really helped me understand those special quirks that my husband had and how I can really plan ahead to make sure that our communication, our planning styles, all of that really mesh in a much healthier way. So I highly encourage people to go back and listen to that episode because it will help you out with this piece. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me add something to this particular one. So we're talking about assuming that there's going to be differences in the plan ahead. And um, I, I tell clients, go ahead and plan ahead for the problems that you know are coming because it's not a bad thing. And we think that we're being negative or pessimistic when we do that. But um, I always align it to the idea of weather. It's kind of like if you're planning for inclement weather, if you're planning for bad weather, basically that makes you smart and it makes you prepared. It doesn't mean that you created the bad weather. It just mm. means you're prepared for it. And so there's actually um, a whole theory out there in the family counseling world that says plan and schedule fights and disagreements. Now, that sounds a little inflammatory, just said like that, but basically what it means is understand that there's going to be conflict, not any sort of knockdown, drag out fights, but plan for the conflict when you have some sort of common time or common habit where you're finding that you're having issues and heated circumstances, you actually schedule to have some sort of disagreement. So for example, what we do is we look for these hot spots, um, things like when the kids report cards come in, um, after seeing the in-laws, 
vacations and holidays or uh, whatever it is for your listeners. These, these things typically are very charged things and you know that nine times out of 10, you're gonna end up in an argument on the way home, driving home on Thanksgiving because so-and-so's brother said this and all that. Plan for those things. Know they're gonna come up. Don't pretend, don't take the Pollyanna view and pretend they're not gonna happen. Plan for them. And what happens is you also plan the argument, you plan the forgiveness part, you plan the discussion and say, we're gonna block out time to just get this resolved. And what it does is it takes the charge out or away from that particular event. So instead of stressing over, oh my gosh, it's gonna come up, we're gonna fight again, you actually take control over it and you're thinking about it and you're being smart about it rather than letting it take control over you. And um, you know, it's, then it's not a surprise. And both parties, don't do it as a surprise, like, oh, well, this always comes up. You discuss it ahead of time. It's not a surprise for you and your mate. And both parties are expecting the discussion. I love that because it's such a diffusing thing, right? Because <laughs> then you, kinda, you both know. Like I can imagine if my husband and I applied this, and then it actually happened, we would probably laugh about it. Like yep. we, we knew this was coming yep. and here we are and we're equipped for it. And for me, whenever emotion goes high, like my brain just, it stops working. But if I know it's coming ahead of time, then I can kind of diffuse some of that emotion away from the situation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The only caution I have with this is that, um, or some sort of a warning, I suppose, is I really encourage people do not have these discussions when other people are around because then everybody around you is forced to take sides and it puts you in a position where you tend to um, want to be right more than be happy. So are you talking about the conversation ahead of time when you're planning for those challenges or when the challenge actually comes up? Both. <laughs> As I was saying that, I was like, well, duh, it's probably yeah. both. <laughs> Any all, I mean, it could be in the moment. Let's say that it's the Christmas at the in-laws and there's the tension on the way there that creates problems, the time during your, your visiting with the in-laws. And I have great in-laws, so I'm not trying to be down on in-laws. And then on the way home from the in-laws. So all three of those times could potentially be issues. And if you've got kids in the car, you don't discuss it. If you're, you know, if you need to go outside and have a little moment, like, honey, we're going to talk about this on the way home, right? You know, that kind of thing. Once you have other people involved in this, it really makes you want to win. It makes you want to draw them in and triangulate so that you feel like, look, see, I'm right. I'm right. Right. And that doesn't work. Again, it now takes and um, it depowers you and the relationship. Mm, that's good. It depowers you and the relationship. That should be like a quotable of yours. It should, huh? I'll write that down. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So just to review, I know we've got one more to go, but number one was assume that all, all in all caps couples yep. have problems. Number two, assume that solving problems fast may not equal the best solution. Number three, assume that taking a partnership or joint approach to solving the problem is better than the solo approach. And I love just kind of the imagery of Superman or Superwoman coming in to save the day. And then number four, what we just talked about was assuming that there will be differences, but plan ahead for the challenges. All right. So you've got one more for us, a healthy assumption that couples should be making relating to marital problems. What is the fifth one? 
Okay, so number five is assume that couples in strong relationships do not make a habit of making mountains out of molehills. So, so wise, you know, and, and it seems simple, but, but I have couples that I've worked with that they fight long and they fight hard for like scraps. And it's like, it doesn't even make sense when they really unpack it and look at it. And usually what happens at this point in time is they're fighting really hard to be right. And their ego is fully encharged and fully engaged. And if we're truly honest with ourselves, we know that neither of those works. It just doesn't work. I love that you said ego because that I find gets in the way so much and it can escalate things so much when ego gets involved, whether it's with marriage or anything else. But I think sometimes when we can really examine it and see that that's what's happening, but sometimes it's hard because it's our own ego and we don't want to see that the ego is getting in the way. Yeah. And, and what I encourage is ask yourself, even if you're in the middle of a discussion with somebody, just say, honey, I need to, I need to ask myself something. Hold on. And say, is there a way that both of us can win without being right? Mm. And those don't even, it doesn't even seem like that's possible, but is there a way that both of us can win without either of us being right? And if you focus on both of you winning, and not on being right, that at least gets your mindset in the place where it needs to be in order to solve things, right? So, you know, it, it's so counter because so often we're, I want to be right. I want to be first. I, I'm, our society is set up to where we want to be better than somebody else. In marriages, that doesn't work. I we just want to be a partnership. I love the concept of separating winning and being right as two different outcomes. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we tie them together, right? Like that's how I win is I win by being right. But if we can separate the two, that winning doesn't always mean being right and being right isn't always winning, then we can really kind of come up with a different solution. Absolutely. And if you're thinking of winning as the partnership, if you grow, if you learn, um, sometimes I tell people winning honestly just boils down to the fact that you are understanding the point of view of your mate. That's winning in my category. Appreciating that each of us has unique lives. We have different experiences when we come into these relationships. We sometimes have different expectations. All of that, it isn't necessarily wrong, but winning should not be me against you. Winning is, is the relationship better after this? Then you know what? We win. Mm, that is good. That is so good. I love all of these five assumptions that you brought with us today. So many great things to just kind of unpack. I'm excited to go back and listen into this podcast because I know that there's so many great things as always. I mean, that's the thing I love about Kimberly and I love about all of our lifestyle experts, you guys, is they are so smart. They're so gifted and talented um, at what they do and they bring all of that value for us here at Your Life Rocks. And I so love that. So Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of your amazing wisdom with all of us. Absolutely. I'm always happy to be here and happy to be available. Now, before we let you go, of course, every single episode, we have a Bible verse really to put the spotlight on, to focus on. What verse do you have for us today? Um, Proverbs 19.11, it says, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it's to his glory to overlook an offense. And for me, this is, this is valuable because basically, 
by good sense, we're talking about wisdom. So use wisdom to make you patient and being slow to anger. And then the second part of it is overlook. We overlook offenses. To overlook an offense is basically to not take notice of it, that is some sort of wrong or some sort of offense against you, and to refuse to, to try to get revenge or to retaliate, and even to be quick to forgive. That is so perfect. You always have the most perfect verse that fits exactly <laughs> with what we're talking about. It's incredible. And the word of God is incredible in the way that it speaks to us with such wisdom in that way. So thank you so much for having that on there. Now, where can people find more information about you? Um, it, so if people want to check out more of the types of articles and things that I do, then the best place I would send them to is cherishedwoman.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, which is Be a Cherished Woman, and you can find those there, uh, find that by going into Facebook. And uh, we have a newsletter. I strongly encourage people to look that up if they want to get articles. It's only every other um, week, so it's a couple times a month, so we're not going to inundate people with emails. But if you go either to our Facebook page or go to the website, then you can um, look that up as well. So we'd be happy to have new subscribers. And if there's something specific that people are you know, interested in hearing, they're always welcome to email us and say, I really could use some wisdom on this. Do you, um, you know, can you tell me something about this topic or that topic? I'd be happy to get back with people. And even if they want to post it on the Facebook page, I'd be happy to get back. Beautiful. And you can always find Kimberly too in our community on Facebook, Your Life Rocks community. She's in there and you can always tag her with questions. She's also very active within our membership community. So for all of our Life Balance members, you can tag Kimberly, ask questions, um, really get some feedback from her and work with her um, on your marriage. So thanks so much for hanging out with us today, Kimberly. And we will hang out with you in the Facebook group. Yes, we will. Thank you. Thanks for having me. As always, some amazing, amazing wisdom, some action items that I know that you can apply. I know I'm going to be applying from this conversation with Kimberly. You know, she truly does have a heart of service and a heart of really helping women create the best marriages possible, the marriages that God really intends us to have. Now, if you haven't done so already, just hit subscribe. That way you don't miss a single one of the episodes that we have coming up. We have some pretty great special guests coming on and a lot of fun things planned to help enrich your life, to help equip you to create that balance, and most importantly, to clear the chaos. Next week's episode, we're going to be talking all about time. Time, time, time. How to get more time. Really talking about some strategies to stretch time, and I know you're not going to want to miss it, so make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you have some friends that you think would benefit from this podcast as well, would you share it with them? However you're listening to this podcast, most likely there is a share feature and you can share it to social media, you can share it to email, text message, but just pick out a couple friends and send this podcast their way. And that's really our heart here is to be able to minister to more working Christian moms, to encourage them, to equip them to truly build a life that rocks. I want to invite you once again to pick up your copy of our Sunday prep course. It's called Weekly Success Planning, and it is designed to help you create balance in your life. Like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, we define balance by setting and going towards goals in all areas of life. We will show you all about how to do that in this free course, 
plus really help you set yourself up for success. We're talking about removing obstacles and taking action to getting to where you wanna go in life. And you can pick up this free planning course with all the worksheets and training guide included by going to yourliferocks.com or just visit us in our Facebook group and you can find all the information there as well. Now, if you have already done that course and you're ready to go deeper, I invite you to go to lifebalancemembership.com to learn more about our membership program. Not only is our membership program full of training modules to help you get the most out of your time, out of being prepared, out of being more productive in your life, but you also get an amazing planner and all of our great lifestyle experts. We have things in there that are gonna help you grow in your faith, to give you more peace and to clear that chaos from your life. And the community of women are the most supportive women you can ever find. And they're all working Christian moms, just like you. They all have overwhelm, just like you. And we're all there to really encourage each other and to lift each other up and just to make life a little bit easier. So if you're ready to dive a little bit deeper, I invite you to go to lifebalancemembership.com to learn more about our membership. I hope that you found some value in this great content. I want to thank you so much for investing in yourself today and taking time to listen to this podcast episode. I know that there are a ton of other podcasts out there you could be listening to. And I'm so grateful that you've stumbled upon Your Life Rocks and took some time out of your day to spend some time with us. So until next time, keep building a life that rocks. Bye.